So it was November 21 that I shared a definition of creativity on the platform. And this Australian guy came in and he told me I was wrong. And I said, okay, fine. And I went and I adjusted it. And then he came back and he said he was wrong again. And I was a little miffed, but now I know that that experience was part of how I got to Linky Land. Good day, everybody, and welcome to, I think this is episode 12 of the podcast. My name is Tony Albrecht, and in Linky Land is a pod about the power of creating and connecting on LinkedIn. Today is another relaxed fit episode for me featuring Christopher Sellers and Travis Hinkle, uh, two of my brethren in the LinkedIn creativity circle, or a rather small esoteric bunch of creators whose content tends to focus on the creative process itself, on creativity, on why it matters, on why we're so bad at it, on how to get better at it. Um, I wrote a book on the subject called In the Creative Arena that came out in September. Uh, you you might have run across it. Thank you to everybody who's picked up a copy. But Christopher Sellers also has a book on this subject, Applied Creativity, just came out uh, at the end of November, and it's available on Amazon, and I, I, mean, I want to say something that's in Australia that I had never heard of before he said it, but I've got my hands on the ebook already. He's got an audio book coming out momentarily uh, that I will be jumping on, and I've heard something about a signed copy that intends to make its way around the world. Uh, we have yet to to see that materialize, but uh, Christopher is a great thinker on creativity and its importance, uh, and his book is about six creative skill sets that we need uh, more of. Travis is good dude. I, I've, I've referred to both these gentlemen as my LinkedIn doppelgangers. Uh, I think Travis probably is a little more so in that we... I feel like we have a number of posts that really could have been written by one another. Like either one of us could have written it. Um, he's out of near Memphis, um, creative graphic designer. Um, in this episode, we get into our experiences with LinkedIn, our experience, you know, discovering Linky Land and and coming to be friends. Uh, in that little space and kind of how our interactions with one another and with the platform as a whole have shaped how this year has unfolded, where uh, Travis got a new job through LinkedIn in a way that was, for me, an example of what I mean when I say that at this point, LinkedIn is my resume, um, that you know, if I needed a job tomorrow, I wouldn't go apply for 50 jobs. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't tap my network. And I know that that's tough and that there are people for whom that's not working well. And I feel you. Um, that's just a, a feeling I have about how the, the ground has shifted from how I used to think about how you get a job. Um, which is not to say that it's not a tough environment out there right now. Uh, I think that's enough out of me. I'm 
sick right now as I'm recording this. Um, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for being here. Chris, Travis, thank you for doing this. Um, you two are not just two of the gentlemen who've been Linky Land friends of mine since 2021, way back when we were when we were little newbie creators. Um, but you're also two people who occupy or have occupied similar corners on the internet to to mine in the creativity space. So uh, thank you both for being here. And let's start off with quick introductions, who you are, where you're coming from, and uh, what it is you write about or care about when it comes to what you do on LinkedIn. Travis. Yeah, thanks for having us, Tony. Um, it's it's always fun to get on and talk with other creators and other creatives. And um, man, as far as as far as LinkedIn goes, this all started for me back in February. Uh, I knew I was going to be quitting my job soon. Uh, nobody else knew that at the time, but I hopped on here. I figured I better start building up my digital resume and uh, you know make some connections, start applying for jobs. And so I was still viewing that how you mentioned it before, Tony, it's an online resume. It's all about finding a job, getting a job, announcing our new jobs. And so that's what I was doing. And as I got on here, I started to find people were posting, I guess you could say we're starting to post similar to what you see on other social media platforms. It wasn't just the job announcements and changes and stuff like that. And so I was a little interested about that. And so I thought, well, I'll start, maybe I'll start throwing some content out there and making connections beyond just who could get me a job or something like that. And so it's been a wild ride uh, since then, just to see what looks like a, a sudden explosion of community and creativity and just all these things that you can now find on LinkedIn. And it still baffles me um, that, that there's people out there who aren't connected to people that are creating this online content they still view linkedin in the old way and their feeds reflect that but if you look for it it's not too hard to find uh this amazing community and so man that, that's just one of the things that's blown me away is how it looks like linkedin has just come alive after being around for 20 plus years and all of us just letting our accounts sit dormantly in the background yeah uh, that, uh, it's fun. did we not connect until february it was somewhere around there. And actually, Sam Brown connected us. I, I was thinking it was the other way around. I thought I connected with you first and then found Sam. But uh, Sam hit me up in DMs one day. He's like, I think you need to know Tony, my buddy Tony. And uh, he's doing a lot of cool stuff here on LinkedIn. And so we connected. And I think probably it was a little bit later than that uh, that Chris and I connected. But um, yeah, it's just been amazing. Some of the, the community and some of the connections that have been, have been made since then. Hmm. Right on. And you're coming from where, where you're around Memphis, right? I, I'm yeah. I'm in Mississippi, just outside of Memphis. So okay. yeah. Mid South. Hey, Chris, how about you? I'm a little bit further South. Yes, um, a little bit, uh, just a little bit across the Atlantic and the Southern hemisphere. So I'm in Sydney, Australia and Tony, thanks for finally having us on and being here and being pals and Travis as well. Uh, so a little bit about me. Yeah, I guess 
I need to find a, a sexier moniker than expert on creativity. But basically that's what I write and talk and work about. Like if creativity is in demand and we all know it is, but when it's expounded in the, in the powers that be of Forbes and LinkedIn and CNBC, then, you know, then where is it and why don't we have it? And then when, you know, how do we get it practically? Because whatever we're doing at the moment obviously isn't working. Right. And I think that's a pretty big, I think we all agree. It's a pretty big problem it's multidimensional it's got a lot of facets and that's what we all talk about in, in different ways uh that's how tony and i met originally i think that was in the post like tony's like here's my definition of creativity and then we had a bit of discussion about that and that was in almost a year just over a year you know be very very close to a year to the day um and i have a sneaking suspicion in terms of timelines that i met tony but then i bumped into sam later and not that it really, really matters, but it, it's all in the mix. Uh, and then Travis, we we crossed paths somewhere along the way, you know, and then funnily enough, I brought Travis in to work with me on my book in terms of being a graphic designer. So he designed my cover, which is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, that's how we all know each other. Travis, that thing you're saying about how we let our accounts lay dormant and then discovered this this aspect of community. It is, uh, I mean, it's the foundation of this podcast, right? Is that that's everybody's experience of LinkedIn, it seems like. And then at some point it opens up and you both know that for me, it was after I left the law in October of 2021 and needed to learn how to do LinkedIn that, that, uh, that it kind of happened for me. And it was through like, I think it was through starting to follow people in the sales space and that's how it's sort of opened up, but it is what you're both describing there that where there's a thread, you know, and it's like one person and you just start following and then you're in their comment section. And then there's somebody who drops something interesting in the comments. So you go check them out. And it just turns into this rabbit hole that then it really is the network effect, right? Where it just all extends outward. But uh, Chris, how long? And we're gonna we're gonna get into creativity in a variety of ways. But Chris, I don't think I know your experience with LinkedIn like prior. How long had you been on the platform? It's uh look i'm gonna i think similar to what travis described i'm gonna say probably a couple of years but the impression was it's it's a digital it's a digital resume service for white collar professionals and recruiters the end like that was sort of the game and the gimmick and that wasn't me it wasn't until i was working in tech startups that i'm like oh you know i'm i'm writing a few little articles and stuff i'll just throw them on linkedin just just cause you know to have some sort of record that i exist um it wasn't until it wasn't until COVID season one and I'd sort of taken myself out of a production company to start writing this book that I started to take it a little bit more seriously so arguably there was a year of me just like knocking stuff out to before I bumped into the both of you and if I'm honest the the style of content and delivery is very 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 different now compared to what it was originally like i know tony and i you've helped me a lot with that actually 
um, because my my understanding and scope of LinkedIn prior to that was like it's a professional network, it's a professional platform. Therefore, only present yourself professionally and publish professional content. So there's a lot of this is how it's done. This is what I do. This is why, uh, and almost zero sort of engagement or traction on that sort of stuff really and even while i'm writing a book and yeah yeah it's fascinating and interesting so it really wasn't turning over it wasn't until we crossed paths had a little bit of a chat and a bit of a tweak here and there that i started to see a, a shift um and similarly what you both describe in this network effect it's yeah you start identifying with with values and people that are open to discussion i think those are those are two things. Um, values is the easy one because you identify, you know, oh, you know, Tony's talking about creativity and Travis is kind of into it. That's great. Da, 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 da. But what, what specifically set Tony apart was that I could, I disagreed with him on a public post twice and we were still friends. Mm. Uh, and that's what kicked it. And there's a very, I'm sure we're all aware there's a very, very different temperament to those who just publish their opinion and go, I'm God, don't touch it. And to those who actually want to engage and go, well, what do you think? And what's it like for you? Uh, that's, it's a very different personality type. And I'm sort of proud to say that most people in my network have that, uh, which means you get to share that with them. You know, I'm, I'm kind of well known for having atypical opinions on, on things or a different take, but, they seem to have built a community around who are open to that, want to explore it, uh, are, are interested in it. And it's not just, you know, argumentative for argumentative sake. There's this value in that discussion. So it's been a, it's been at least a two or three year journey to where I am now. And I'm still learning to be honest. For sure. Yeah. I, well, it's always changing in a way yeah. that we have to keep learning as we go along. But yeah, Chris, I was thinking about that first exchange preparing for, for this conversation. And so, yeah, I posted a working definition of creativity and you respectfully disagreed and I tweaked it and then you did again. And, and, and so I, I published in the creative arena in September now and there's a definition of creativity in there that is influenced by the conversation we had by, by, right. the, um, by that exchange. And it did it back in November, 2021, I had done Justin Welsh's operating system just like a month before. And I had right. chosen creativity as my niche to, to write about since I'd been studying it for years and running you know, what was the previous iteration of the Rowdy Creative for five years at that point. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, it was something I could talk about all day, regardless of whether anybody was paying me to do it. And, and I did find myself, it's interesting, but at that point, the platform had already started to open up for me in this new way. And once I started posting about creativity, it was truly amazing to me how people like you came out of the woodwork is if you post that sort of stuff on Facebook or Instagram, it seemed like the only people who are going to see it are people who are already in your network. Mm. Like it's really hard to add 
like-minded people or people who are interested in the in the same stuff right yeah your stuff isn't going to find them but linkedin offered that and still does Mm -hmm. right where you can find people based on what you care about and it was yeah it was it was the beginning of the rabbit hole i would say or like where where things really started to go down where you can create your network around the stuff you care about in a way that then things start cross-pollinating in in ways that i mean it seems like all boats have been raised by by like our interactions and you know like we've got i mean there are probably another 15 to 20 people i think we could list in a kind of our our small course so this is like this is like a nice relaxed conversation amongst friends right where it's yeah like, yeah yeah where like we've we've spent so much time engaging on one another's stuff over the last year that um you really do get a sense of um who people are what they care about and let's where should we go with it from now let let's dig into that corner of creativity for a second and it'll take us to your book chris but so now that i found myself falling ass backward into starting a business around helping people specifically people with law degrees um develop and implement brands and strategies on on LinkedIn. Um, I talk about you know, choosing and owning your corner of the internet uh, often. And the three of us chose corners in the creativity space. I, th- I think of mine as the transformational power of creativity, that by understanding it and getting better at it, you know, developing our creative muscles we have the ability not just to make more creative work, but to create better lives uh, Mm. for ourselves and for our families. Um, What about you gents? How, how did you come to that as your corner? What do you think of as your corner? Um, Yeah. Let's, let's get into that a little bit. Travis, you jump in. Okay. I think as, as long as I can remember, and this is where we start to get into to that that definition of what creativity is, and in some case was it what it isn't. But uh, I think that's where, even amongst the three of us, I think that when we start talking about creativity, that's even where some of the the subtleties are. Is Tony what you say creativity is? It's not that it's not it's not that it's untrue. It's true, and what I say it is might be true as well. But then I think what Chris even does a good job of is saying, well, yes, and, you know, it goes beyond that. It goes deeper than that. It goes wider than that. Um, and so traditionally, creativity is thought of as the arts, you know, anything artistic that you can do is creative. And obviously, uh, well, I should say, obviously, a lot more people are noticing now that you can make you can use creativity in a multitude of ways and across industries and in all the decisions you make. Creativity is something that you can apply to all of that. It's not just artistic. But I say that to say growing up, 
that no matter what I was doing, I was always doing something artistic, whether it was drawing or uh, being interested in words and reading and writing, photography, you know, all these different things. Um, when I went to college, uh, there I went to I went after two things. I went after graphic design and I went after music production. And so even after that, uh, after some internships and life happens and you've got a family and you need insurance and you get a day job just to pay the bills and and give you all those things that you need and you're you're working a, a non-creative job and you just feel a little dead inside through all of that I was always doing something on the side uh, mm. always some kind of side hustle that you know quote unquote creative and so my path through that my goal was always get some kind of full-time creative thing and so that came to pass i think 2015 uh i was working at a warehouse full-time started doing part-time graphic design uh, for a, a big church in the area and that eventually led to a full-time role with them and in that capacity working on a on the creative team there that got my hands in everything video production uh stage production music art design communication all those different things and so that really gave me a wealth of of experience um that i've now taken since then uh into marketing and still doing design stuff and you know so all, all those quote-unquote creative things um but obviously there there is all that and then there's when it comes down to make a, a decision about your life about a business mm -hmm. How can creativity, how can you take those, those ways that your mind plays in an artistic space, how can you take those things and apply them to traditionally non-creative arenas? And so that, that's been a really interesting for me to see personally. And that's one of the reasons I love Chris's interpretation of creativity, uh, because it challenges those preconceived ideas of creativity equaling the arts. Well, and to follow up on that real quick, did you think of, you know, I know you started a new job. It's been what, four months it's, now? It's been uh, May. Yeah. So May. May. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you view that as a creative act in some way or the way you approached that process? I probably didn't at the time. At the time, I was just looking for what I wanted and what I needed to make the next thing happen. But mm. definitely in retrospect now, I can look back and say, okay, this is a what's been historically an untraditional route to finding a job, to discovering something that's out there. Mm. Uh, a comment left on a, a connections post that leads to a tag, that leads to a conversation, that leads to an interview, to a job. I mean, ten years ago, well, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's let's unpack that just a second, right? Is so. I'm sure this happens to you as well, but people ask me why I spend so much of my time on LinkedIn. And one of the reasons is a, is this belief that I no longer actually need a resume, that my LinkedIn profile actually is my resume now. And if I needed to get a job tomorrow, if, if this business of mine crashes and burns, um, I'm not going to go to Indeed or LinkedIn jobs and start applying to 30 jobs. I'm going to put an ask out to my network, letting them know where I'm at and what I'm looking for. Um, and you are a direct example of, <laughs> of 
let's say supporting that that idea um how did that happen for you and was that intentional or it, it just kind of happened it was obviously i was i was looking for jobs at the time and so i had applied at that point probably to 30 or 40 different jobs and just putting them out there some if i really if it was really a company that looked interesting to me that lined up with my values that looked like a job that would be a really good fit I'd spend the time. I'd customize the cover letter. I'd do all that stuff. Uh, but then I just, you know, kind of that, that you know, hit them out there uh, with a quick apply on LinkedIn just to get the quantity as well uh, for the, the jobs that maybe wouldn't be the perfect fit. But, hey, I, in my mind, I hadn't told my boss yet, but in my mind, I knew there was a deadline that I'm putting in my notice here. So I've got to have something. And so so that was even, that's even a whole other story with the, the timing of all of that uh, and finding the, the job that I ended up getting was right up to the wire after I told my boss I was quitting. But uh, to your, to your question, um, it was really more random. Uh, it was a connection I had made and I, I feel really bad. I was trying to look up his name before we got on here. I can't remember who it was now, but uh, he, he posted something about, Hey, what do you do? What are you looking for? And so I just dropped a comment on there and um, he actually used to work at the company I work for now uh, as a sales representative, I think. And he tagged his former boss and a couple other people said, hey, you guys should connect. Uh, Travis is looking for a job. And so one of those is my my now boss. Uh, and she said, hey, let's talk. We jumped in the DMs. And then that led to a formal interview. Uh, and then through the process, yeah, it landed where I am. That's fantastic. So cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, Chris, circling back around to the question, which I'm sure you remember what it was. I do. It was my corner. Um, I think I think some of the posts I, you know, some of my posts start with I care about two things and it's creativity and mental health, and I suffer from both. Uh, so that was that's sort of unofficially the corner. Professionally speaking, I think when it comes to creativity, it's like, well, what is it and how are we supposed to develop it? Like practically, how can we use it? Because in in every industry I've worked in, and I describe my career as 15 years of hopscotch between corporate and creative. So everything from tech startups to military to medicine to, to yeah, the arts and film production, all these sorts of things. Creativity just is discussed a lot in a lot of different colors and tones and flavors. At the end of the day, it's like, how can we practically apply it inspirations great you know ideas are are nice but when i'm dealing with intelligence candidates who need to creatively problem solve a puzzle that they've never met before and lives are on the line how you know what skills can they practically apply that you know that they can replicate and then teach the other candidates you know what i mean so that sort of boils down i guess to to my corner of like here's six skills they're universal they cost you nothing um and you use them intuitively a lot of the time now it's just identifying what they are so you can apply them with intention um i think travis is both of you have sort of touched on it in different ways but it's this actually travis did when you talk about you know arts the arts and creative stuff is sort of over here but also in life you know when we need to adapt 
And generally we need to adapt in crisis or when something's not right or when a decision needs to be made, like how can we do that intelligently and not just pivot and not just have a reflex? You know, how do we, how do we genuinely problem solve? How do we negotiate emotional intelligence, you know, in times like this? So, so that's specifically what the work's about. And like, I guess, how did I, how did I get to this corner is, is sort of a funny question. Cause I don't know if I was, I don't know. I may or may not have been always creative. I think I was the outsider when I was six years old and we moved from the city to the suburbs to regional New South Wales. And I was probably the only one of two kids in the entire school with brown skin. So that was rough in an all white primary school in regional New South Wales. Uh, it didn't get much better from six to 16. So generally creatives or artists, you know, you, you have a fringe personality or you just end up on the fringes, whether you like it or not. And I think that was me, but the, the saving grace through all of high school and education was English because I could write what I wanted and drama because I could say what I wanted. And even though my parents did, did their best to you know, give me the proper formal education of you know you're going to go to uni and you're going to do this and that. Um, it never, it it never stuck. It never stuck. I ended up running a kung fu school and then I ran off to audition for acting college and didn't tell anyone. And then I got in. Uh, so then I had to go. Um, and but so rooted, rooted in all of this, and rooted in the work, and rooted in me, and rooted in is probably in all of you is this this sense that. Creativity matters deeply, matters for a, for a multitude of reasons, if not for pure self-expression and mental health and all of these sorts of things. But too often in life and work and relationships and schooling, it's sort of beaten down or beaten out of us or, or just you're pushed away from it. And like Travis was explaining, you know, you work these jobs that aren't really that satisfying and you find yourself dead inside. Tony, you've got like almost the classic hero's journey of that and then having to rediscover that light. Um, if anything, our, our stories are almost polar opposites. Like I've always, always been the creative misfit who now is trying to like punch his way into business class to show everyone this matters. Like you say you want this thing. This is what it does. This is how it behaves. This is why you need it. This is what you're looking for. And this is as valuable as math, science, STEM, economics, law, all of these paragons that you hold, you know, on high, like you to do it better, to do it healthily, you need this creative balance, um, which in the moment is very much out of balance. And if this is something that I feel deeply, I'm going to assume that for every corporate individual who swears they're not creative, that's just as deeply held a view for some reason. Mm -hmm. And so that's, if anything, if you can spark that little, that little light to no, it's going to be okay. Then that's, that is work worthwhile pursuing in my in my humble opinion. So that's, I think, how I've ended up on this on this corner at a three-way junction. Yeah. it's, And I have described both of you as as my LinkedIn doppelganger in one way or another <laughs> over the last year. Uh, but Chris, what, you're, what you just said there about you and I coming at what we're doing at, 
from sort of polar opposite directions is interesting is think back to um you know you mentioned that i've i've helped you kind of gain more traction and get more more engagement on your stuff and i want to dig into that a little bit where i it, it was it, thinking back to this and i i think we we were getting into this way back in may maybe it was like february more or less that mm-hmm. we were we were having these conversations about about your content and you were getting really frustrated and you were posting some of your frustrations and i want to dig into this cuz i think there are a lot of people out there who are in similar spots mm-hmm. um where it's like one one thing that makes LinkedIn so interesting is just about everybody who's posting does have a hustle. Like we've all got a reason. We've got something driving us to do it. And I, some of us are trying to feed our family. You know, we're trying to make our living, you know, and make our name by mm. what we're building through LinkedIn. And that way you're framing that of you'd always been the artist on the fringes who was then trying to punch his way into corporate via LinkedIn. Um, whereas I was the guy who was on the corporate path, you know, being a, a corporate litigator who then had kind of gone off the deep end. And so was, was doing some other stuff. And that's an interesting way of framing it because when I started posting, I had torched my legal career I mean, actually for the second time, you know, the first time I'd taken a backpack and left for Bangkok with a one-way ticket in 2013, um, but had gone back after four years. Um, But this time around, it was like, I'll say whatever I want, you know? And so I was just leaning into my personal story and gained traction um, quickly, right? Where it's like, oh, it it is resonating Like people Mm. are dropping into the comments. We're having those exchanges, um, which are, you know, you get the dopamine hit, but they're also, I think, genuinely nourishing, right? Mm. It's, it, it just having those conversations is a huge part of this deal. And what you were doing early on was, uh, I think the, it is a mistake that I was making throughout my legal career and that I think just about everybody makes when they think about what posting on LinkedIn looks like. Right. And it's, I have to post what I do and what I know, and I have to present as the professional expert and yeah, go ahead. Yeah. That's where I I think that's where I'll dive in. I think it's two, you're right. Two different approaches and you, I guess you stepped into LinkedIn and shared your story, whereas I I stepped into LinkedIn thinking I had to prove I was good enough, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a and that's a creative, that's a creative thing. Like you in the in the creative sphere, you're aware of your skill set and how it works and everything else, and you're aware that corporate is a completely different world with a completely different set of rules, and you're also acutely aware of how they view you, um, and so you I might or others may um, overemphasize this this presentation and and to be honest whereas tony was sharing i was dictative of like this is what you need this is how it works this is why i do it don't you get it um and it and for some reason it didn't work or wasn't working you know uh and and 
what Tony's tapping into in terms of you know, have, having those conversations and people who are attracted to that. And that's, you know, and that's something that you can talk about. You know, those stories are something that you can discuss. And LinkedIn's one of the few social media platforms that has the latitude for that. Like you mentioned before, like Instagram doesn't really have that. Um, Twitter, forget it. Facebook, no, not really. But LinkedIn is one of the few where you have latitude to discuss and sort of have those deeper conversations where if you're anything like us, that's what we that's what we live for. We want the big, like the meaty ideas. Let's talk about it. Let's, you know, let's get it out. I don't want to talk about the cats, you know, and the weather and, you know, how hot I look in a top shirtless selfie. Um, but that was that was definitely the mis- the mistake coming in early. And it's and it's been a slow turn because Tony, I remember, yeah, you remember sharing that's like it's it's actually counterintuitive. Like what you think what I think people need to know about me and the work. Um, you know that already. Like you've done all the hard work. It's like get they need to know you. They need to get to know you and why, you know, and that's I hate throwing out the phrase like, you know, like, know and trust. But um it's sort of along sort of along those lines. And so once I started to relax a little bit and talk about coffee. <laughs> yeah, we're all laughing. And then that's like, when I started yeah. following you. Right. Yeah. The coffee. <laughs> right. Um, oh man, I drink coffee. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. And then it's like, oh wait, he talks about creativity too. And it's like, yeah, so it was it to really if it was 80%, I'm a professional, here's professional content, it got dialed right down to maybe 10. 10, 15%. Um, and there's been, there's, if, if not, if not quantity of growth, I will definitely say quality because yeah, the three of us, and we, we probably know, you know, probably a hundred of the same, same people. Um, but the, the quality of people you tend to attract and then have those genuine conversations with that's, that's what, that's what matters. Um, but yeah, it was, I definitely, the, 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 the big lesson for me at least was if I had to swallow, had to swallow my pride and take my own advice really, because if, if the outcome, if I wasn't reaching the outcome that I wanted, then what I was doing wasn't working. So I had to shift. I had to change something. And at the time, Tony had advice and Tony seemed to be getting results somewhere. I'll try it. I'll be uncomfortable. I'll feel like a tool for a couple of weeks and months. And of course it, you know, it never, you never catch the big fish straight away. It never catches fire. You've actually got to give it some time. And then yes, over time, you know, the world turns slowly and then you start to see the engagement and the reactions and the conversations that you want. And that's when you start to get that validation of, you know, all people can like you and be interested in your life as well as the work. Like the work is, it's you're right it's an absolute paradox that it's a professional network it's probably the professional network but that's not that's not your opening line you know and it was i still remembered the first coffee shop barista post you did yeah 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 yeah. and that was the one what's that it was Tutapasa, like in graffiti on the wall yeah yeah yeah. and it was mid-covid like season two covid yeah 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 it, and that was, I saw that one. I was like, all right, he's going to be all right. Okay. <laughs> Once you figure that, and you see like the, you get the feedback from that. It's like, okay, now you. you and, can- and for, for me, for what, for what it was worth, it was ridiculous. 
it was ridiculous because you know we, we can wax philosophical on all the great minds and ideas and whatever else and i go here bang selfie helping out my friend working at his cafe blows up comments people i haven't heard from in a year like oh my god this is so cool like what what is this <laughs> it's it is a well to be honest with you that is like the basis of my business is like helping people with that aha moment where i started working with i got i got talked into helping out this this roofer uh, through Evan Chastain and he had been posting consist like on a weekly basis about roofs and what he, his roofing company does, right. As you would, you're a roofer. That's what you do. Um, our first post for him was one about coaching his son's baseball team and his best post for the 25 this year previous was had hit like 1700 views, maybe. This first one we did went to 26,000. Like it went, it went from like 30 reactions to 250 reactions. And he, he, it, it actually backfired because he had too <laughs> many people bring it up when he was walking around his town. And he like, he didn't, he didn't actually want people. He didn't want to get LinkedIn famous. So it was a problem, but, but that, that dynamic of in, Chris, you mentioned creatives feeling this way, but I think it's it can go just for about anybody. Um, and well, regardless of how creative you feel like you are, yeah. but that that feeling that when we show up here, we need to show expertise. And and last week's ep or and I should say last week's episode. I'm not sure when this one's going to drop. It's um, but um. When I was talking previously to, on LinkedIn, previously on in LinkedIn, LinkedIn land, um, Doug Lawson described LinkedIn as previously it was the conference, you know, like that's what it was. It was showing up, giving out your business card, shaking hands, and making small talk. And now there's also this dynamic of being the bar across the street from the conference, right? Where, and that's where we're hanging out, right? It's. And frankly, it's where the good stuff is happening, right? After, you know, after the conference. But, um, but yeah, no, it's been cool to see your evolution, Frank, because I think it's it's a hard one to make. Uh, and you've done, I mean, you've done really well with it. And it's been cool to see um, how it's kind of changed the game for you. And well, I, I actually don't know the answer to this question. It, how has it, it influenced how your business has unfolded over the course of this year? Your consulting around yeah. creativity. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna go back to quality. For me, because. Uh, yeah, my my little niche, my little corner is a little bit more obtuse than most. Like it's not a bread and butter service. It's not a direct like I will do this. It's it's more of a bespoke consultancy, which is can be tough because I don't have six steps I can roll out. I don't have a four point plan, and then I'm also not you know a giant consultancy, which is normally what the big guys go for, just because they feel safe. So finding you know the creative kid in the fancy hat 
can sometimes present as a risk. And to be honest, the the stuff I get brought in for um, usually is they've got, you know, the three standard consultants and we've kind of got the wild card over here just to see, you know. But what I will say is for those that I do get brought in as the wild card, they're, they're of a higher quality, they're generally better paid, um, there's the potential to have they're the sort of positions where you would have the creative control or even the um, executive control to make decisions and enforce your actions rather than just being another compliance consultant of like, we checked the thing, we did the thing, we ticked the boxes, now pay me. It's And those are the sort of roles that, like if you're hiring me or someone like me, you know, it's because you want to do things differently. It's because you need, you feel that you need and want change. Um, the most recent role uh, that I was approached for is actually for a VC investment firm in Sydney, quite well established. And so, so kind of left field for who I'd normally get brought in for. But they're looking to diversify a part of their business model and change. And I, you know, I asked them why, why someone like me, because you, know, you normally go for design thinking kids or, or something like that. And like, no, we, we wanted to do something different because we need to move into this space. We tried it before. We didn't know what we didn't know. We went to a larger consultancy. You know, they gave us a report. We basically got burned because it was a report. It wasn't any action. Um, so they recognized that they wanted to do things differently and they were committed to actually doing something differently. So then when they finally had someone in the room who was thinking differently, was behaving differently, could demonstrate how and why it worked and still achieve the results that they were after. And also point out the little things that they were probably unaware of. Um, obviously, VC investment, they're, you know, finding new innovations and deciding whether we should invest, you know, 50 million into them or whatever, or bring in foreign investors. And one of the questions I had for them was, like, well, how do you vet these these investments, you know, rather than relying on an external consultancy, what process do you go through to, to vet whether these are suitable or not? Um, and so gave them a quick rundown of, you know, here's six criteria that I would use that you can sort of tick off whatever, but this is a pretty solid, solid criteria. Um, and so they, they found that really valuable. Now, that, and that was forwarded to me from, from LinkedIn and similar to your digital resume, uh, that's probably how I treat it, except I've got a I've got the website as a backup. So I've got my own website. If they go to LinkedIn, they find me on LinkedIn, they you know do the cursory work. And if they want the deeper dive, if they want case studies, if they want to know more about the guy behind the hat, then they'll go to the website and look at all this sort of stuff. And this um this particular firm had because they wanted to know, they wanted to know why I'd worked with New South Wales Corrective Services and things like that. So that was that shows that they'd done the work. That shows that LinkedIn and the flow onto the website, that sort of funnel worked. Um, and I'll be sitting down with them next week. So that'll be an interesting discussion to have. So nice to go back to go back to your answer. Yeah, for me, it's been quality over quantity. I know for other businesses and other styles, it's about getting those numbers, getting those leads and you know, executing on percentages. Um, that's not my model. So I've just got to work with what I can. Yeah. Well, and we have the shared experience of choosing a rather esoteric corner of the internet. Yeah. Where I know that this is something I was messaging with somebody who's an editor the other day and, and she's really good. 
Uh, she's talking about how the she has a pretty consistent flow of engagement on her stuff, but it doesn't grow in the way that she would want. And it's a book or video editor. Uh, oh, uh, writing. She's right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah, books. Um, it's like ultimately there's a question of how many people are just interested in the thing, right? And when it comes to creativity, I think it's been both, let's see, it's been, it's a specific enough corner that I think the three of us have done fairly well at getting known as somebody who talks about this stuff in public, which helps other people who are interested in that find you. But at the same time, there's a natural ceiling on how high that can go because there are only so many people who re really think about creativity at all, much less are interested in talking about it more. But uh, mm. Travis, that, that brings me to something I wanted to touch on with you, which is how somehow you just blew past me in, in terms of LinkedIn follower count and <laughs> And you have now you've flown past eight thousand, um, oh, man. I it's but well and but his secret his secret is a secret that we we all lose. Like uh, a good way to grow is to talk about how to do well on LinkedIn, right? And I mean it's it's certainly something I'm doing now. And Travis, you've become one of the um, one of the practitioners of the carousel, one of uh, the the carousel artists designing them I, um, I have yes um what's your thought well and that actually dovetails with a hustle you've been you've been working on yeah yeah so up until a month ago let's say maybe a, a month month and a half ago i've been con pretty consistent with posting on linkedin with engaging with with growing my my network uh of of connections like you guys that that I would consider core connections, you know, guys that uh, and ladies that I have uh, a shorthand with that I speak to on a regular basis. You know, we interact on each other's stuff consistently. And then, of course, you can only have so many people like that. Uh, you know, our energy, our time is limited, and so at a certain point, it start it starts to be followers, people who all engage with occasionally. Uh, some people I don't follow back. Um, and, and there's a part of me that that's hard to do. It's like, I want to be genuine. I want to be, give a hundred percent to everybody, but you just can't. And, and something I, I'm in the middle right now of, of essentialism. Uh, thank you for the recommendation. Um, and so it, it's all about that choosing what you're going to do well and everything else you have to say no to, uh, you, your, your time, your energy is limited. And so, so in that, um, uh, like you said, talking about LinkedIn and, and growth, that's a hot topic. Honestly, the two single biggest posts for me are, are the same posts. The one where I said remote work is a, is a, is a whatever I called it, a non-negotiable. Non-negotiable, non thank you. Yeah. Um, sort of, yeah. <laughs> so the, the text post version of that five, six months ago, and then just a couple of weeks ago, I did a carousel version of that and brought it back to life. I mean, those two single posts, over a thousand followers from each post. They're both up Jeez. there to almost a million views. Uh, it's not what I talk about all the time. It, it's not necessarily 
my thing. It doesn't fit my niche. And yet it's gained all this traction, which means there's, to your point, Chris, I've gained a quantity of followers, but it's probably not the quality I'm looking for. It's probably not people who are interested in what I have to offer uh, on a regular basis. They like the post. It resonated. They hit like, they hit follow. Um, so that, that's good. It's eyeballs. It's traction. It's growth. It's some social proof that LinkedIn works. Mm. But you, but I, but my struggle with that, and and both times, the success feels good. Having a post do do good, it, it feels really good. But yeah. you, it's hard to balance with that. And I always almost at the end of that, I almost want to quit posting. This last time, I I haven't posted much last week just because of Thanksgiving and travel and all that. But there's a part of me that's like, if that's what's successful, but it's not what I want to say every day of the week. How how do I negotiate that? That's interesting. So I did have a follow-up of whether, yeah, to get the numbers, was it quality? But there's a, there's a second question that I actually want to ask the two of you because you're both in the States. And there's always a lot of talk around like timing, like when's best time to to post and, you know, and then engaging straight after. That's sort of half a question, but it's more, I guess, a culture question because the U.S. has a definite hype culture. You know, so if you if your friend, not necessarily your friends, but even you find something that you like it that you engage with, there's definitely an attraction to to hype that up and to be a part of it and to include it and sort of boost it along. Um, and Australia is not like that. Uh, it's I was talking to a few author friends of mine similarly. It's like because I've probably got a, a thousand sleeper followers in Australia, and they so seldom engage on anything, let alone my stuff. It's just we don't have we don't have that kind of culture. We're more like sit back and sort of watch. And in terms of social media, we're generally, we're probably the most cynical nation in the world. Like there's four or five grains of salt first before we believe anything that's sort of going on. So that's, I sometimes wonder not to play my violin, like how much of culture and location plays into like the engagement game of LinkedIn. And I'd really be interested to hear both of your thoughts on that. I don't know if I have a great answer for that. Everything for me is observational. Yeah. I would say probably, probably 85 to 90% of my, my closer connections are in the States, uh, you know, leaving 15 to 20 that are outside of it. But, I, but within that core group, I don't think the location has anything to do with it. I, I mm. think it's it's that to, to go back to what you were talking earlier about, Chris, and what you prompted, Tony, people want to work with other people. Uh, so to bring our expert self, that plays a role in that we know what we're talking about and whatever it is we're offering, we can back up what we're what we're talking about. But at the end of the day, we want to connect and work with and engage with people that we can find something in common. And so I think it's less about, I feel like I can't speak of this because I, I don't, I obviously understand the Australian culture like you do. I, I am where I am and I'm a product of where I've grown and, uh, and you know. And, yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it seems like it's more about who it is that you connect with and how strong that connection is versus necessarily where they are, where they're from. Mm. Um, I, would, I would agree it's less about where they are 
Um, when it comes to how far things are going to go, I just, the timing does matter, I think. And the way I think about it is, am I putting this post up at a time where more people are more likely to be on the platform, right? And like my my lowest performing post of the last three weeks is when I posted at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Like mm-hmm. it, not a bad post, it, it's a just fine post, but I posted it at a time where fewer people are looking at LinkedIn, right? Chris, you post a lot of your stuff at 5 p.m. Eastern. Like that's that's a shit time to post if you're trying to get to American people, right? If you're trying to get to people over there because mm-hmm. you're getting toward the end of the workday. Um, it, it all, so it's, it's not a quality of the content thing to me. It's, we're trying, like if we want our stuff to move, it's like, how do we do the thing in the way that the algorithm most readily sees it as spreadable, right? And yeah. a part of that is just the AM North American time is just when more people are going to be around for a while in a way that if I post it, then that first, there are going to be a bunch of people who see it initially, which is going to have it keep spreading outward a little bit. So, but the, the other thing that comes to mind is, so like the way you're describing having a thousand people in your network who aren't going to say anything on your stuff. A year ago, I had, when I left law, I had 368 connections, almost entirely in law. And none of those people were Australian. And all of those people were people who were almost never going to say anything on any of my posts. Right. And that's still true today. Mm. Um, So I, one thing I talk to people about is thinking about growth is two buckets. It's like, you may have people you are targeting for your business or trying to reach for your business. um, But then those people are often not the people who are going to engage on your stuff right? There's another bucket, right? And so like you two dudes are part of my other bucket, right? You're part of my like engagement bucket, right? Where it's, I'm, so I'm looking to add both those. I'm looking to add people who will engage with my stuff and I'm looking to add people who may end up being, you know, a client for, for my business or, or a customer or what, what have you. Um, and so it's, and those, I'm I'm totally agnostic to geography when it comes to that the 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 buckets, right? Because mm. it's, it's, it is there are people all over the world who can go into my engagement bucket, and and frankly, it's part of what makes LinkedIn so fun, right? It's making mm. these connections all over the world. Um, Sam, Sam's a good example, specifically, like he's in New Zealand. So similar sort of time zone, but the dude is everywhere over LinkedIn, has crazy engagement, keeps getting banned. Uh, he did a he did a, a little survey on the weekend about like if you wanted if you wanted to do better on LinkedIn, if you wanted better engagement or whatever else, you know, I'm thinking of putting a course together, like take this survey, I might whatever. So 
Well, he messaged, he messaged me saying he dropped it. I said, on a Saturday afternoon, man. <laughs> well, it was for me. For me, it was a Sunday. So a Sunday, we're in the, yeah. Because we're in the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're, you're posting this. So that's an example. And that right. was the first thing I said to him was like, why would you post this at the point where it is going to be seen by the fewest number of people for you? So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So anyway, the short story is, so I, I, I filled it out just because there's obviously there's something that's missing. Like if I have a conception and like the feedback is always like, Oh, content's amazing. Da, 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 whatever. But it's not, it's not translating in the way that I think it should or would or could then there's something missing. So, you know, I took Sam's survey and maybe I'll get, he'll back, get back to me or something or whatever, I don't know. But to back a little bit to your point in terms of like, let's, tr let's say trying to hit, trying to hit US, you know, Eastern 9 a.m. for whatever for a post. So for me, that's about three or four in the morning, which is, a, you know, so it, it's a catch 22. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be awake. So even if I buffer this, you know, I'm going to wake up to 12 comments or something and then I don't have the, I'm not awake to respond to them because that's the other catch of, of LinkedIn is like you can post whenever and get whatever engagement, but ideally you're there to engage and sort of push that snowball along. Um, it's, it's just, it's, a, it is to your point, Travis is entirely observational and it's just interesting. Um, and try not to make an excuse, but it's just, yeah, it's just one of those little, little flies in my ointment sometimes it's it's 11 p.m there right now right correct yeah okay 7 a.m here eastern i think maybe your optimal or the time that would make the most sense for you would be to like if you if you wake up at six or seven a.m or like whenever you're like ready to start rolling that's probably yep. your best bet because if you can well, get it, if you can yeah. get it up posted by like 2 p.m. Eastern, I still like it. Like 2 p.m. Eastern to me is much better than 5 p.m. Eastern. If you so can normally I'm up at 6, 6 a.m. 630 here. And that's normally when I'm posting and sort of to through experimentation, because I, I found posting at seven or eight Oz time, um, you know, yeah really isn't ideal for for you guys and so I, I sort of pushed it back by half an hour to an hour and then everyone goes into daylight savings which just throws everything out again um but yeah so around about 6 6 30 at the moment is 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 what i'm and it seems to be going okay you know so until until the next big post comes along that breaks the internet yeah it's yeah. it's an interesting challenge and isn't I'm... it <laughs> I have found that there is a lot of nurturing that does help that there's posts that I've put out that don't start with much engagement, but you, you comment on others posts. And as soon as a comment lands on yours, you reply. And it's like, yeah, you're yeah. stoking, you're stoking that fire and it's a slow burn, but you can, it, like, like you said, Tony, it's the algorithm does its thing. And no, we don't all want to just have to play the algorithm all the time. But there are these things that you can do that will improve your your content's performance. Um, and so that comes down to as much time as the right time to post. If you post at the right time, but you're not there, you lose out on a lot of potential engagement. Yeah. If you post at a less ideal time, but you're there to stoke that fire, you can 
possibly get that post to do better. And I think it also to all three of our points, it's also what's what's the purpose of your of your life and engagement on LinkedIn? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not we all for the three of us, it's not so much about the numbers to get, you know, to get the leads to bring the thing in. Um, Travis, yours is a perfect example. Like, oh, I built this community and I realized I needed a job. And so I sort of linked this thing out there. And then you know, the network, you know, LinkedIn provided, but it wasn't it wasn't LinkedIn provided, like you'd done the work for months, like to curate and to put yourself out there. That's all the stuff that people don't see or don't recognize. Yeah. So then when you lean on it, it's there. And like similarly, Tony, like you stepped into this new business within the last month because you built a profile, you built relationships and connections and gone, wow, there's, there's a market here that I can help. Like I've come from law. None of the lawyers I know are doing this well. They could, you know, I'll, I'll help them. Um, and I've you know, talked about me before. It's not, it's not Joe public and, and I'm not selling burgers to, to every small business. It's sort of a higher tier. And so with that needs a little bit more patience, which admittedly isn't my strong suit. Um, but you being, I think being clear with the game that you're playing will alleviate a lot of, will just temper a lot of your frustration if, if you're objective about it. Um, for what it's worth. So for you guys, have you found in in your ideal customer, your, your leads that come in, are those people that engage with your content or no? For me, it's, with lawyers, almost entirely no. Right. Yeah, so, and this has been, well, and right before that, I I learned how to do LinkedIn because I was in nonprofit consulting for a minute there, right? And I was trying, I built up my content so that it would show up for nonprofit leaders so that when I slid into their DMs to ask for a call, they'd be more likely to take my call. Um, And so same deal there. Like, no, like they, but often they would say, they would comment on how, on my stuff. Yeah, Yeah, not me neither. So I've got a, solid community of people who are like waiting for this book to come out and even someone loved someone lovely in the uk who who's pre-ordered three copies and said oh i haven't even read the blurb i just want it because you wrote it and that's that's a lovely endorsement but i don't interestingly um whenever i write you know that that first that first log line that first caption that hook of your content's got to get them in so whenever i directly relate creativity to business those posts blow up with engagement but not so much with comments it's 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 funny um there's you know the video series i did a year ago and the opening video is is you know um something about creativity and originality and it's like well how does this directly relate to business and i'm and i'm doing card tricks and whenever i post whenever i post that massive amount of views and and those sort of posts like where you know productivity why isn't creativity productive you know it blows up it might not it might not have all the comments but that's the one that gets the most views so it sort of speaks to you know the gray silent masses who who are engaging who are watching who are aware and are sort of like taking in your stuff um, so it doesn't always have to be like the likes, the applause, the comments, the, you know, all that sort of thing. So it's really, I think you both identify something really interesting. It's like, yeah, your ideal customer is, is seldom the one going, wow, this changed my life. 
you know. Right. And, and so it, it's hard to do that because we see the likes and the comments and, okay, that's how well I'm doing. But no, but, they, there's people in the background here that they're not liking, they're not commenting. But then you get that DM. Hey, yeah, saw you did this. Interested to learn some more. That was that was where I was going to go to next. Like, and specifically, Travis, you're the prime example of this. So, you know, I'm, I, you know, wrote the book, getting ready to publish. Oh, I need a cover. I probably need to get a graphic designer. Travis, you're interested. You know, I've got a few roles. You know, this is what I'm doing. This is the project. This is how I'm doing it. And for those at home, like Travis was the first one to actually jump in my DMs and go, "Hey, you got a graphic designer? Because I might know a guy." I'm like, "You're." a gem here's what i'm thinking it's like yeah sure like tweak 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 done like two or three revisions and it was we had a book cover you know what i mean so there's a there's an example rather than like a tangible benefit of of community and being able to work with people to achieve things like that's that's the definition of matilde's village mm -hmm. um and what we took in terms of connection and community you know that's that's what we're all working working towards and you know obviously i've never met two gentlemen on the screen <laughs> but we but we talk weekly and and they're always there with advice and and expertise and 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 likewise i'm there to offer it you know if and when it's called upon um so i think that's a fairly solid measure of the the health of your network i think that's and that gets back to quality again you know what i mean there's some people that i could that I could trust in my network that like, here's my baby. Like, who do I want to work with? And these people put their hand up and I went, yeah, I feel comfortable working with you. No, no question. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because even though we've never met to a degree, we know each other. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. When, when you, when you're doing this, I'm like, okay, I've got so much time, so much energy. I can only work on so many projects. Do I want to work with Chris? Yeah. I don't care what the cover's for. I want to work with you. So, you know, it, it, it does it does it speaks volumes and chris the book apply creativity is making its way into the world as we speak <laughs> well, it's been an, an odyssey it's 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 been a saga it has been a saga okay hang on, i've got a there's the hang on i've got a proof so here's travis's handiwork if you can see probably can't see that i'll come back there we go hey yeah, that's better Nice. So Travis designed this. It looks very, very sexy. Applied creativity, your guide to revolutionary thinking and the six skills to unlock your creative potential. Nice. Um, it is. It's currently, to cut a very long story short, I'm self-publishing and the print-on-demand service at this time has a delay because it's getting towards Christmas. Um, and so everyone's printing books. So I've ordered about three boxes for myself to to sign VIP copies to people like Travis and Tony and a whole bunch of other people who I owe favors to. And who anyone who pre-orders as well, that's the same deal. You get a signed copy and you get a magic gift and I'll post it off to you wherever you are in the world. Um, it's, on, it's available on Amazon and Booktopia now. So if you were international and didn't want to wait for me, you can order it and get it straight away. The ebook's available from me. I'm currently editing the audiobook because I recorded that um, only a few days ago. And so that's it's it's getting there. It's it's being birthed inch by inch. Yeah. <laughs> but it will definitely be here before Christmas. Definitely and probably available within the next week or two properly for me to distribute. Good stuff, man. And thanks, Rod. I've 
I'm looking forward to getting a copy. I'll also be getting the audio book. I'm interested to listen to that. And <laughs> I've been, it's been interesting. I mean, for myself, you releasing in the creative arena in September, the sort of proportion of books I've, I've moved that have gone to LinkedIn connections relative to other people in my life. Um, it's been a lot. Like a lot of these books have moved because of LinkedIn, which is uh, a little surprising. And then I think about the, I mean, I think I've read a half dozen books this year from other LinkedIn connections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it is an interesting dynamic, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing yours. I think it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun. How is, how, how did you find your, launch i ask i ask particularly because yours yours seems to come out of nowhere because i know i remember previous to the creative arena coming out we were you run another project by me and when you said oh, i'm releasing a book i thought that was it and then it turned out to be something else entirely yeah and it was almost with no fanfare it's just like hey i'm turning 40 and then hey i'm releasing a book i'm like okay um and then it, and then two weeks later it was there and that was and that was it i Okay, so I've got this big ass book, uh, this memoir about this friend of mine who died, right? And I, I put out an ask back in February, looking for 20 people willing to read 20 pages of this manuscript and tell me whether they were interested in reading more, right? Chris, you were one of the 50 people who raised your hands for that. Um, you were one of the 33 people, I want to say, who actually were gracious enough to read it and then provide feedback. Um, and actually your feedback was, was really useful in terms of thinking about structure and, and how that book has continued to take shape over, over this year. Um, that one's going to see the light of day sometime, but what I, what I realized is I, I really wanted to have a book in the world. So I think I posted in April or May saying, I'm going to release a book on my birthday. And at that point, I knew what the general gist of the book was. It was basically going to be a version of the war of art, like my version of the war of art. And so I just banged it out in, and I posted maybe three or four times over the course of there. And then as I was getting up to, so like I would post things like, Hey, here are a couple book designs. What do you think of the cover? I, that like that sort of thing as I was approaching it. But um, it's been interesting to see how people responded where then when I put it out, people were really gracious about picking it up and then posting about it, right? Like, and both of you did that, which I'm, I'm grateful to both of you for um, in a way that, help the things spread very organically and then also gave me more stuff to turn into content, right? Where it's like those photos of people with the book, those are invaluable to a new author, right? So I'm able to pull those together, make little uh, collages and then post those. And like, you know, here are some people who are kind enough to read the book and think, think well of it. Um, I, 
I'm not a marketing genius, I don't think. And it it certainly wasn't by design. You know, it was my goal with that first book was to have the first book exist because I, yeah. I need to get to my fifth book, right? And I waited 25 years to put my first book into the world. So um, there, that's like a rambling answer on on like why I don't think I provide all that much guidance on this subject beyond i mean it's a it's i say like be interesting be generous be consistent out here right and i would say my approach to it has been both generous and interesting right and that it just it looks i mean it's it's me genuinely sharing this thing not just like hey you need this book for this reason i don't know if you need this book or not <laughs> It's possible the book sucks, um, but like, here's why this project has mattered to me. Here's what it's meant to me. And thank you for supporting like just me in this process, because this book wouldn't have existed without LinkedIn and the platform, frankly. So it's been, it's been a, a fun ride though. Um, I'll give you a photo for you to make an a, uh, you could just make a collage just with me. Thanks, man. Ooh, Thank you. that's actually pretty good. I could give you like 20 pictures of me holding your book in different places. That yeah. You, that could be. No, I, like, I like that. I It's funny. I had a, I, I thought about doing like a video journal like that. Just like a day in the life of and like in random places and like, oh, what's, well, where did this come from? And, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Or, or you could give me a Warhol of like you and the beard just holding the book and then, you know, 12 different pastel versions of your head with that beard. Yes. Fantastic. I like that a lot. That's, hey? yeah. So that's minimal effort. You only have to take one selfie, but then like, and then Trav can put it through mid journey and give me 12 Tony, but done. There we go. That's it. Ah, um, oh, genius. Creativity in action. <laughs> when's your book coming out Trev? my book is coming out tomorrow no uh it's it's who knows who knows eventually it's baking. eventually yeah eventually when, when i grow up a little bit <laughs> never. never i think i'm regressing as i go never peter pan right That's i right. feel that oh, gents we've been rolling for 75 minutes here um and i know you got to roll travis um so I want to touch on what you've got going on in the world real quick before we go. So Chris, you just mentioned applied creativity uh, available on Amazon and something else I think you said was okay. uh, yeah. it all come to my site. It'll have all the details. So go to cssellers.com, find that slash applied creativity or go to LinkedIn, hit me up. I'll give you all the details. Uh, and I'll be including links to basically all the places you can find uh, Chris in the book in the show Thanks, notes here. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to point people toward for you beyond your website, Amazon, and your LinkedIn profile? No, I think that's that's self-promotional enough for the moment. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Travis, uh, you've got you've got a business you're building. You want to talk for a second about that and where people can learn more sure so anybody that goes to my linkedin profile all the links are there watch it watch the mic um 
And what I offer is basically design, whether it's on LinkedIn or off. Um, for LinkedIn, if you need a new banner, if you need a carousel post, um, I, I've made quite a few now. Uh, I got some proof of concept, social proof. They work. Uh, the study that was just released a couple of weeks ago now, I mean, carousels right now are a hot thing. So if you need one, hit me up. Um, but I also offer unlimited design uh, for a fixed monthly subscription. So any entrepreneurs, any businesses out there who don't want to hire a full-time in-house designer, but they need ongoing design work, uh, a flat monthly fee, and I'll design unlimited revisions, unlimited requests. Cool. And, and recommend have work. I know I'm biased. I know I'm biased, but I will say this. Travis is professional and he's quick. And he gives you what you agreed to in the brief. Um, I gave him six icons and said, can you do this? And he's like, yeah, what's wrong with the six you've got? I said, they belong to somebody else. So if we can just tweak them a little bit so that I don't get copyright struck. He's like, yep, sure, no worries. And then this is what I'm thinking. Bang, revisions were done. I had it in the space of 24 hours. He's clean and concise. He does what he says. And that's what you want for a professional graphic designer, regardless of whether I know him or not. And the work speaks for himself. So I recommend him. Couldn't recommend him enough. I appreciate it, Chris. I know. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a blast. Travis will never work with me again. <laughs> <laughs> Temperamental. Doesn't know what he wants. Change right. the color. Not right. Why, why, why can't <laughs> we do the... <laughs> Creatives are the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the nature of the beast. Occupational <laughs> hazard, I imagine he runs across regularly. Um, he, Travis and I have, uh, we've dabbled together as well, and I, I also can recommend him. But um, all right, gentlemen, I think we've covered, we've covered pretty good ground today. Thank you both for doing this. Thanks for having us, man. It's been a blast, man. Thank you, Tony. Yep. All right. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for the reviews on Apple Podcasts. They really are lovely to read and they mean a lot to the podcast. So next week we will be unleashing our first lawyer-centric episode of In Linky Land. Uh, until then, I'll see you out there, folks.